Welcome to Radio and Camera and to a new episode of Aputa da Leitura, conversations with curious minds using publishing in architecture as a tool to explore the consequences of our designs. I'm your host, Giulia Albani. In this podcast series, we invite our guests to take us for a walk to know more about their ideas and publishing strategies and the way they investigate and disseminate sometimes hidden, overlooked and urgent issues in the built environment through their books, magazines or other plat publishing platforms. Today we meet Carlo Menon, an architect based in Brussels and today calling in from Oslo. Together with Sophie Das, um, he interwaves architectural thinking with publications, exhibitions, designs and education. And they both co-founded the magazine and publishing house Akatone. With Akatone, they explore minor practices in art and architecture through the specific means of the printed magazine. As an exhibition on paper, they write, each issue is a montage of contributions whose shared positions towards reality, history and representation resonate with one another. In the current landscape of non-commercial publications, Akatone's originality lies in the strong visual orientation and in the close association of methods, editorial devices and featured contents. A periodical, self-published and non-subsidized, Akatone was launched in 2014. So let's begin with the beginnings. Welcome, Carlo. Thank you very much. <laughs> How did you start Akatona? And um, maybe we can learn a little bit um, with your answer, um, how you started and um, how was the ride and where it took you? Yeah, the background uh, story is, is very simple. Uh, Sophie and I, we are both architects. Uh, we fell in love with each other and uh, we thought, or maybe it was the other way around, we started thinking about a magazine together and then we fall in love or maybe two things happen at the same time. <laughs> And um, and so this idea remained with us. Um, we were, or and still we are, both foreign to to Belgium, as I am Italian and she is French. Uh, and so we had this kind of both um, kind of keen interest into Belgian architecture, but also uh, we had some distance from uh, maybe what uh, could also appear as a as a close uh, as a close network of people there. And you met in Belgium? Sorry, to, just to, so yeah. you, you both met uh, at that time in Belgium already? Yeah, we met in Brussels. I, I had been living there for already some seven, eight years. Sophie had just arrived. Um, and then um, there is also only one magazine uh, of architecture in Belgium. And uh, we we did not want necessarily to address uh, the Belgian architectural community, but uh, we felt that there was some some things to do uh, with publishing. Mm -hmm. And um, usually publishing as well as exhibiting is very institutional. Um, and there are so many uh, diplomatic ties in Belgium because there are Uh, two or three uh, communities, different funding bodies. So it's, there is this um, very high difficulty to speak for yourself. And so we thought that starting uh, a magazine that would be an independent magazine, self-funded, uh, self-distributed, uh, without any 
obligations regarding uh, sponsors or public subsidies could be a way for us to explore architecture um, from from our own uh, perspective. And um, we had some magazines in mind. Which ones? Back then, we were, yeah, we were in 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw that in general, independent publishing was highly suspicious of images. Mm-hmm. Um, remember Log that had just yes. started, had changed from uh, the visual frenzy of any to, towards um, a very yeah sophisticated but mostly text-based um, magazine where images were turned again to be in black and white or just as a postcard. Um, we instead uh, thought that it would be interesting to, to challenge to challenge the use of images in the contemporary architecture culture. Um, and so to, to delve into this world of uh, documents that architects uh, use and produce on a daily basis and trying to find um, what we later defined as critical editorial devices, so critical uh, processes to present this work mm-hmm. so that it does not appear as a, a shopping window of the architect's work showcase but rather we use these documents to to present uh, their design method for instance and so uh, in this will to also to alter the common hierarchies of architecture um, we thought that it would be interesting also to hear from other kinds of practitioners than just architects for instance in the first issue one contributions um regards technical draftmen who surveyed uh stones by a lost monument of Victor Horta so the idea was also to find a magazine to use the magazine to to discover lateral ways to enter into this uh, uh wider architectural material mm-hmm. this issue also uh we wanted to interview Jan de Velder a, a very famous architect back then and still today um and together with his colleagues uh, Jotaleo and Ingevink uh, with regard to the use of images so the idea was not to talk about a particular project but to talk about their the process of using um, what we defined as triggering pictures mm-hmm. to understand their their process so the the mental processes they use in their design of architecture uh, and so very soon for Sophie and I came uh, the necessity to uh, to create a very strong lines um, between what could be the text but also the use of documents. And this is why very early in the process um, we associated with a couple of graphic designers that mm-hmm. we knew, Ismail Benani and Dorfe Grantom, uh, who, with whom we, we created the magazine together. So it is fair enough to state that we are two editors, uh, Sophie and I, and two graphic designers in Ismail and Orfe. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, fair to say that the roles sometimes mix and Ismail and Orfe have a particular approach to book design or magazine design. So they are very, very close uh, to the to the content. So there is uh, a lot of, let's say, authorship in the work uh, as much as... Um, there is some authorship that we we draw in from the contributors that we invite, uh, as much as there is this idea that uh, at some moment everybody needs to let go, so to trust the others, nice. so that finally every contribution is kind of shared authorship between elements that come from um, uh, 
editorial strategies, what we call the paratext. So might be in the decisions on how to use titles, uh, footnotes, or to use uh, captions uh, for documents. Um, there are sometimes authored texts, but this is not the main material we work with. And then images also have different statuses. So sometimes it's the, it's the beautiful uh, picture by a, a very good photographer. Uh, sometimes working documents or images taken on uh, um, on the construction site, or even it could be a, a WhatsApp conversation that we recently published um, to testify of the relentless uh, connections between the architects, the client, and the construction, for instance, in the project of the Avala House by Amazing. the collector. Yeah. So th there is a lot. Maybe I will go back to the story uh, on how we created the magazine. This was the idea that publishing a magazine, a print magazine, could be a space um, for Sophie and I to keep exploring architecture uh, after leaving school and uh, for Ismail and Orfe also to uh, to be very free on the, the editorial design, uh, which is also not always possible when you are commissioned to work on a book, for instance. And so there was the idea that the magazine would provide us a space for freedom. Wow. <laughs> okay, this is, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and from the from the ideas and the foundations that you built to start Akatona, it was clear from the beginning that there is a magazine or it can also take other shapes and forms where you find this freedom because you also engage in uh, curatorial projects and you also started um, to do books. Was this an idea that you also had in the beginning that uh, was in the beginning really the center focus Uh, to start this magazine that you very well described what 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 a vehicle it can become or what a tool it can become for you and Sophie and in all the uh, complexities that you, that you got on board uh, the authors and um, the researchers etc yeah well indeed um, well first of all there is a real connection to the magazine as a format uh, because a magazine you have these collisions of content that can be unrelated with one another it's like a storehouse mm -hmm. uh, And so it is nice to see how uh, one contribution can uh, conflict or install other kinds of dialogue with the others. So there's, they're autonomous yet connected by the fact that they are found in the same uh, space. And, um, but also the idea of the curatorial approach to, to the magazine was suggested to us from some readers, mm -hmm. early readers. And this is why we then included in the description of the magazine that it could be intended as an exhibition. Because indeed, uh, our role as editors is not that of defining a topic, a title, and to uh, throw uh, a, a public uh, open call for contributions, but rather to Uh, invite uh, people, artists, architects, uh, sometimes anthropologists in the magazine to start creating a content with these people uh, and then to move to adding other contributions. And so it is the making of one issue is intended as a journey mm -hmm. uh, through which every contribution is, is specific. Uh, and so there is the idea that this uh, method, as we developed, as we basically learn 
learned it uh, by making it. Um, this method would allow us to go beyond the, the making of one magazine. But uh, so to expand the work into space, uh, for instance, with an exhibition, or to use the, the book or any other kinds of publication format. Mm -hmm. We did not have this intention from the start, but we were invited to do exhibitions as curators, uh, which we accepted. And um, maybe in those exhibitions, there is a lot of our editorial method uh, mm -hmm. that, and approach to architecture. And um, and to, to, to go a little bit deeper into this uh, journey, so... Um, how can we imagine um, the beginning of a of a new issue? Like, uh, um, do you select the theme? Are you putting together different threads that you already followed or encountered? Uh, how do you work also as a as an editorial team? You and Sophie and the and the graphic designers. Um, how how is an issue born? Yeah, well, indeed, is the, the second we we pull threads uh, or we expand uh, footnotes that we discovered mm -hmm. in the previous issues. So th there is uh, some sort of chain uh, from one issue to the next, and uh, um, in between there is sometimes a, a displacement uh, or, or displacement of the area of interest. Um, there is seldom a, a clear uh, rupture, so uh, let's say a, a jump. Um, so there is some, a lot of continuities uh, between contents. And uh, indeed, sometimes in developing one uh, contribution, we discovered new material could be uh, an exhibition that will, that uh, happened in the past or an architect or a house that could particularly be interesting to to discover um, or sometimes a thematic and and therefore uh, these elements would be the first uh, stones on which we will build the the forthcoming issue um, and so we start by knowing identifying two or three of these contributions uh, we start to develop them uh, sometimes these elements also come out of opportunities, mm -hmm. like we, we had the chance to be in Lisbon when we met, or to be at the CCI where we also met, or to, to go present a magazine in Mexico. And so we happen to be in Mexico. We, uh, we discover a beautiful place, uh, like the anthropology museum, or we, we encounter uh, an interesting architect like Frida Escobedo. And, and so we start creating these elements. And um, in the making of these first contributions, also the themes we had in mind start to develop or sometimes to, to diverge to, yeah, basically they become different. And this is why we can think that the process of making one issue is a sort of journey because we we don't try to fix uh, a destination of the journey we we know that the making of the the magazine will bring us somewhere but we are devoid of uh, the pressure of making a demonstration about something so this is something very important for us because we never consider to be publishing uh, manifestos so the idea is really to um, to present uh, the reader uh, with these particular encounters with uh, people, uh, places, or theories, 
uh, that we experience, uh, let's say, in, in first person. Yeah, and uh, maybe you can thanks, uh, Carlo, for for sharing this. Also, the the the, the issues. Uh, if you look at the diverse character among these uh, issues, like for example, Akatone Five, when I when I first had it in my hand, and that is entirely dedicated to to, to the work of the photographer Ami Linke, um, I was fascinated how it was actually how you how you described this this curatorial process in in looking at that specific. Um, um, perspective or voice within within photography. How how did you decide to to structure it uh, as it is? Mm, yeah, Akatone Five is particular because indeed it is almost monothematic. All the content uh, uh, comes from our encounter with Armin Linke, um, which, by the way, was also an, an occasion because in preparing an exhibition. Um, that we were curating for SIVA in Brussels, we had the opportunity to pay someone <laughs> because otherwise all the all the work for the magazine, be it our work as editors or graphic designers or the work of the contributors, is totally free. Uh, and so uh, this is uh, a nice thing about our magazine, but also, of course, a limit mm -hmm. because we can't ask people to, to spend too much time uh, with us. And so we had the chance of visiting uh, many interesting buildings with Armin Linke, who is a, a great photographer based in uh, Berlin and who has uh, a very particular take on architecture and, uh, let's say, of the things in the world. Uh, and so we invited him to visit these buildings, which have very particular aesthetics, the aesthetics of institutions or the um, private or public institutions and their a bit stiff buildings built mostly in the 90s and uh, his approach like the, was the United Nations headquarters or maybe you can name some yeah for... yeah we visited with him the the European Commission the European Parliament uh, some bank headquarters um, Brussels as many other cities uh, has been uh, built by a lot of private forces so that there is this uh, of course becoming the capital uh, of Europe in '89, uh, it uh, it brought uh, a kind of a gold rush to build office spaces, and so a lot of the city was actually demolished or, let's say, heavily renovated. Uh, populations were evicted to to build office spaces. So there, in in this gold rush, um, there was a, a kind of a uniform way of of taking power through architecture. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Armin Linke is very attentive as a photographer uh, to revealing through his his photography uh, these underlying uh, power relations and uh, and eventually also at countering the let's say the, the power that a building can can show can display um, by showing other layers of meaning that uh, a particular place or an office space or uh, an atrium can uh, can also experience. Uh, and so with him, we discovered how much uh, both the aesthetic codes of photography and the aesthetic codes of architecture can uh, resonate with one another and how it can also be easy to alter the, the status of a, a building, a major building, uh, to make it minor, as as we argued in the editorial and in the conversation we had with him, so to to turn a major architecture into a minor architecture by slightly moving the camera, 
camera, by not aligning the camera with um, the viewpoint that the architects uh, would uh, push you to adopt. Wow. Uh, and so this was very f- a fun experience to do, very interesting also to better understand this relation between uh, photography and architecture. And so we thought that we had enough material to build one entire issue on that. So we had the Brussels material that was original. There were more uh, photographic series that uh, Armin Link had already worked on um, with regard to the architecture of power or the architecture of institutions, the Roman Empire, um, the birth of the modern Greek nation in the 19th century under uh, King Otto from Bavaria, um, or the United Nations headquarters in Geneva or New York. And so um, we thought that in the in continuity with the issue four that was about uh, disrupting collections, we, we invented this figure of the perverse museographer, so someone who uh, reshuffles uh, collections of existing materials uh, to create new meanings, new accidents. <laughs> we thought that the work of Armin uh, with regard to actually uh, championing, sampling buildings with photography was could be considered as similar. Uh, and so we, we did an, a nice uh, conversation with him and a short editorial, and we, we thought that the issue would be more or less uh, complete. Mm, this is also maybe the first time when where we had some more difficult uh, text contributions uh, to add, because these were the first time that we actually, uh, let's say, invited someone to write a piece anew, mm-hmm. whereas earlier on uh, the texts were written by us, uh, or were existing text we maybe translated or republished. And so uh, to talk about uh, Athens uh, in regard to these very complex uh, relationships of power between the birth of the modern state in the 19th century, but also uh, the contemporary issues between the, the global north and the global south, uh, the depth that um, crushed uh, the, the Greek nation, uh, with the, all the European, uh, well, the, the new European system of finance, mm-hmm. we invited uh, Aristide Antonas, uh, who is a friend of uh, Armin Lincoln, who's an architect and a, and a philosopher. And so he contributed with a very long and beautiful text that we heavily edited together. So it was a, a new discovery for us to be able to edit uh, text. Uh, we had also a text by Ido Avisar from the architecture firm List on the um, corporate Arcadia, so on the Brussels uh, headquarters and bank buildings um, photograph series. Yeah, fade to grey, so, no? Yeah, fade yeah. to grey, indeed. Yes. <laughs> so at every step, we, we discover something new. And, and so this journey is not simply a journey that, that we meet people, but it's also um, that we learn on how to tackle uh, Materials. So we had uh, maybe already a preoccupations with architectural photography, but uh, discussing it with Armin uh, Linke was uh, fundamental to to understand also things that we might want to repeat in the future or things that we would never do again as the same way that we did earlier uh, in the past. Okay. Um, and similarly goes for text. 
so this is why we all gained experience in making the in making the magazine, and so this is also why we sometimes accept to do monographic books uh, with uh, architects or photographers that we appreciate. Yeah. So to everyone listening to this wonderful conversation with uh, with Carlo um, and who is in Lisbon, come to uh, Radio and Camera Galleria Radio and Camera. We have uh, a few copies uh, left, and you have to see them. You can also go to Akatona's website and uh, see which of the past issues, uh, because some of them are um, sold out, but some are still available. And I see that actually seven copies are left of this special limited edition that you did of issue five that you just discussed, which includes also um, photographic prints by Armin Linke, um, and, uh, which is something that um, is actually... <laughs> Uh, something that I would love to have. And um, the issue six, you explored uh, relationships with land. And in uh, issue seven, um, you looked at uh, alternative modes of living. If we are asking you today, on which journey are you towards Akatuna issue number eight? <laughs> that is difficult to say. Uh, we are at the very early steps uh, in the in the new issue. Mm -hmm. uh, we apologize, by the way, because the the latest one was published in May 2021. Uh, but this is something to take into account when when you do a magazine that totally for free. Yes. So we do it in our free time, <laughs> and so this is why. Uh, and also getting older, we have more and more things to do in between the issues. And, and so now we we are starting to to retrieve um, a few contributions uh, on which is really really too early to to say something because we don't know mm -hmm. if they will end up somewhere. Um, uh, but, I but don't know. No, no, no. And, uh, <laughs> <Wait> and see. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, everyone that's listening and is new to Akatona, there's a lot to to read, and um, it's uh, it's it's quite impressive. And uh, Uh, thanks so much, Carlo. Now you're in Oslo. What are you doing in Oslo just to, to, to follow a bit? Yeah. Uh, you are in Sophie's day-to-day uh, uh, -day now. Yeah, it, it is the, the reward we, we have from the magazine. Not financial reward, but uh, <laughs> let's say personal reward is that we are invited to talk about our work. And so we were here uh, invited to, as part of a... Um, of a lecture series on uh, publishing practices. So mm -hmm. in, uh, in the School of Architecture in Oslo, uh, it was also structured as a conversation uh, with uh, something fantastic. Nice. Yeah, very nice. And, uh, and indeed, there is uh, an attention in architecture schools towards other modes of making architecture or other uh, facets of the architectural uh, profession or architectural training that are not oriented uh, uniquely towards building. Yeah. Um, indeed, our practice is multifaceted in, insofar Sophie sometimes designs uh, projects in collaborations, but we also teach. Um, and so, for instance, one project that we are actually following right now uh, is, to, is to intervene school uh, in Versailles and probably also in Brussels in the school where we teach for these uh, special weeks so it's when uh, when the school uh, stops the regular teaching courses and uh, all the students of one year or all the students of all the years are doing something special for one week 
And uh, there's a lot of turmoil in architecture schools because, and it's totally understandable, mm -hmm. students don't know exactly what, what their work will be about. Uh, will they keep on building? And also the values that uh, we teachers could uh, could have or the even the, the, the briefs that are given for uh, the studio, the design studios are sometimes totally uh, unadapted or, or at odds mm -hmm. uh, with the current situation of crisis. Uh, and so... The idea is to overlap our editorial uh, practice with the teaching practice and, and to try and enable, empower students to, to take positions through the making of what we could call a publication. Um, so as to maybe clarify their mind and, uh, and then meet with the people who have a point of view uh, and a clear point of view on, on the current crisis. And, and eventually spend this, this week by, by coping, uh, with, the uh, with several generations of, uh, of people who have an interest into architecture and, uh, who are, <laughs> regardless of their age, equally, um, if not mute, e equally curious about, uh, what, uh, what directions or what attitude, what positions we can hold on architecture today. Oh. Yeah, we should bring it to Lisbon, <laughs> to 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 some of the uh, some of the schools and um, and have the have the yeah. students, the young yeah, architects benefit. The, yes. Yeah, the idea is indeed that the work. Uh, so this is very nice uh, about a publication, uh, and Leonard Streich from uh, something fantastic told yesterday a very nice answer to someone in the public who was asking. Uh, why still print today and not just go digital? He said, "Yeah, because a book is something you can give to someone, and uh, and indeed, yes. um, the idea is that whatever the quality of, of the material we can produce within five days of work with the students in uh, Versailles, uh, this publication could be given uh, as a as a testimony to another school, so that the students could uh, react to that and." Uh, and do their own uh, work, do their publication. Uh, and so the idea is that eventually this could uh, follow through several uh, schools of architecture across Europe, uh, with or without us, of course. Um, Fantastic. And so that is, uh, yes, Great. probably. Well, thanks so much, Carlo. And uh, our best regards to, to Sophie and um, um, hope to see you uh, soon in Lisbon. Uh, we will definitely try uh, To, to, to organize uh, uh, around the next uh, edition of A Puta da Leitura, the pop-up bookstore, where uh, we are uh, opening the gallery for a couple of <coughs> days and exhibit um, the books and magazines uh, from selected independent publishers. And it would be a great pleasure to have you back. I know that uh, the issue six uh, you presented here in Lisbon in September 2000. Uh, 19 on the occasion of the of the last architecture triennale um and it was wonderful to have you here and but it's also great to see you elsewhere so next uh, next may in venice and uh, and hopefully soon again at the cca let's see but thanks so much carlo for and, sure uh, congratulations. I we have, I, uh, thank you so much it's lovely to to speak to you uh, i hope next time we meet we will have a catone eight as well as a as a couple of books we are working on perfect All right. Good luck Thank for that you. and uh, uh, have a great day in Oslo. Ciao, ciao. Likewise. Ciao. Thank you so much.